welcome to another episode of the Leadership Download. Uh, my name is Cameron Singh. I'm here with my good friend, Travis Van Dusen. And today's topic, we're going to be talking about Leading on Empty. And this is based on a book, um, Leading on Empty. It's called Refilling Your Tank and Renewing Your Passion. Um, this book is written by a pastor called, his name is Wayne Cordero. Um, so this pastor, he shares experience of, of how he experienced burnout um, with the hope that it will encourage others that are going down the same path or what you can do to prevent yourself from going down um, this path. Uh, you know, when we lead on empty, and empty meaning when you're exhausted, tired, you're ready to be burnt out. And I've experienced that myself, and I know Travis has at, at times. When we lead on empty rather than out of our excess, our physical bodies, um, they'll begin to suffer before our job performance begins to suffer. And what we really want to focus on in this in this discussion is really focusing on taking care of, of ourselves. Because if we don't take care of ourselves, we won't be able to perform in the areas that we have influence in. And of course, one of those is our jobs, our family, whatever aspects that we have um, uh, impact on in our lives. Yeah, absolutely. One of the other things that I, I think is very important when we talk about leading on empty is that oftentimes when we reach that point of exhaustion or that point of depletion where we feel like we can't go any further, this is often also the time where leadership is needed the most. Because if you are burnout and tired and worn down, usually your, your team is not too far behind you. So uh, a lot of teams fail when the leader leader kind of burns out and, and can't keep going because not only is the leader burnt, but everybody else on the team is too. So being able to uh, continue to push through when things are difficult is, is really going to be is a key piece uh, of learning how to, to lead well, because uh, when things are complicated and when things are hard as leaders, we're kind of called to be um, the abnormal person in the room. When everybody else is tired, we're the person who's still got uh, kind of kind of got they got fuel in the tank. Um, and this is not something that happens uh, by accident. There's there's things we have to do through intentionality. Uh, there's things we have to do very intentional to um, to, to help us lead when uh, when we're when we're running low. Yeah, Travis, uh, before we start going through our, our takeaways from from this book, um, Spirituality is really big for both of us. Uh, we're both faith-based individuals, and uh, we're going to be touching on that in this discussion because it's such a critical aspect of um, when we talk about leading, refilling your tank and renewing your passion. Uh, faith has a lot to do uh, with that from what the discussion that uh, Pastor Cordero talked about. Um, so our first key takeaway that we're going to talk about is um, that our body – needs to replenish as well as your soul. Um, we talk about serotonin. Serotonin is something that in our is in our body that makes us feel passion and drive. But when we use it, our bodies begin bur burning our adrenaline and eventually we tend to burn out. Um, and so it's so important that we take time to renew both body and soul. Yeah, I think the important piece here is that, um, you know, is we find 
passion in what, the things that we do. And, and for some of us, you know, unfortunately, what we do as far as our job may not uh, be our deepest passion. There may be, you know, for some of us going to work, is just a necessary evil. Um, so if that if that's your case, then you need to find things outside of the workplace that that feed feed your soul in a positive way. Maybe that's volunteering. Maybe that's serving in your church. Maybe that's uh, interacting with certain individuals on, on, on during your time off. But we have to find ways of the, the, to do things that that boost our kind of our spirits and makes us feel um Feel, feel better about ourselves and, and puts us in the right state of mind to, to continue pushing forward. Um, I think that that's the, that's a place that a lot of people struggle with because they automatically assume because, well, my job is not, I'm not really passionate about my job, then I, I'm kind of hopeless. And that's not the case. You know, there's always going to be other opportunities to um, find areas of, of, of passion. I think both me and Cameron both have those outlets um that we use i, I in fact I, I love my job i love my the my my business outside of my primary job but um i also love serving in my church i love uh take doing things uh within my church that gives me a a good sense of fulfillment and uh after these after those meetings where i've kind of been able to help lead um specifically men uh, i come away with um a lot of energy, a lot of uh, momentum, and that helps me push through the week after that. Yeah, Travis. Um, you know, some some of the things that I've well, I still struggle with, but I try to do is is take take that time out and um, and just reflecting on how you're doing physically, emotionally, spiritually. There's a planner uh, or a journal that I have that every day. That's what it asks you: how you're doing physically, emotionally, spiritually, you rate yourself one through five and why you feel that way. Um, and it's so important because sometimes we may go through um, day in and day out just with the busyness of life and work. And we may not even touch on, you know, how we're doing in those three aspects that I just talked about. Um, yeah. No, I think that, I think that's good, man. So you want to jump on to number two? Yeah, so uh, another takeaway from the book is we are our own worst enemies. Um, we know both, most people in leadership are very driven people, such as, you know, Travis and myself. Uh, we focus on a goal and push hard to see it completed. We do whatever we can to make sure that we reach that goal, no matter what it takes. Um, what you start, you must maintain. Not only must we structure our lives with the proper cadence, we must not add too many things that need maintain. It's really having that that proper balance on uh, not taking on too much where you're unable to handle it. Yeah, I think I think there's this important place to kind of talk about, you know, the ability, like you just said, if we're taking on too much is is as leaders and especially as as human beings, most of us want to satisfy everyone. We want to make people happy. So we often don't know how to say no to, to things. And we, we literally build an impossible situation for ourselves because we we're not willing to say no. So what ends up happening is we, all of our time is occupied doing all these things for, for others, which there's nothing wrong with doing things for others, but 
the problem is, is a lot of the things we're doing are not inside of our, our passion or they're not inside of, you know, our, our, our ultimate intentions for what, what we, what we're supposed to be doing. Um, so learning to say, to say no, another aspect of, you know, that kind of talking about your, your, you are your own worst enemy is that almost, almost every time that I have failed at something, um, I would say at least 60 to 70% of the reason I failed had something to do with what I personally did. Even when it included others, it often came back to the fact that I did something wrong or I decided not to uh, take a correct, make a, have a correct response to a certain circumstance. So understanding that piece that, you know, uh, I am responsible for this is, is huge. I love that quote, you know, Andy Stanley used, used in his new book. It says, you know, that you are responsible. You were there for every bad decision you've ever made. So understanding that everything that's happening wrong to you at some level or, or, or another, you are ultimately uh, the enemy of yourself. Yeah, Travis. Uh makes me think about so there are two times where i define that i reached that burnout point uh throughout my short years in leadership um the first time was when i first transitioned to a leadership role and i remember i was willing to take on everything that was asked of me you know everything cameron can you do this yes can you do this yes for sure because i wanted to learn at the same time and i was a new leader so i wanted to impress the people I was leading and impressed my manager. And I eventually found myself working all day, all night. I would start in the morning, just hit the laptop, just go, 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 go. Not, not, not even delegating some of the things that could have been delegated, but um, I was very proud to be in the role that I was. And you eventually just burn yourself out. You end up seeing yourself not eating, not sleeping properly. And just, just that, that what we're talking about, we are our worst, own worst enemies. And, you know, the other time where I reached that burnout point was I was just taking on too much. It was everything came to my desk that was going on at that, at that place, at that work environment. And, you know, eventually you're going to, you're going to burn out. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think, a lot of good leaders, uh, we, as I like to call it, you know, are the eager beaver, right? And that's, that's definitely what we both were at that period of time. Um, and, and, and there's something to be said there, right? That, you know, there's nothing wrong with with, with working hard. There's nothing work wrong with the hustle and, and, and trying to uh, make a difference and in, in getting your name out there and building credibility. But at the same time, like you said, Cameron, um, you, you didn't leave any time for your for yourself. You didn't leave any time for a recovery period. And while that may you, you may impress some people in the short term, the reality is you can't maintain that speed. You can't maintain that forever. At some point, it's going to be a uh, there's going to be a crash. You know, I, I've had a few few leaders on my team since where um, I've had operations managers come in or, or different leader, you know, different leadership positions come in under me 
and they're so eager to jump into the game and, and, and they want to do everything and they want to make a difference and they want to change the work. They want to change the way the business is run and they're doing a great job. But I, I still come back to that, that, that fact of that are reminding them that, Hey, you know, you're doing a great job. I'm thankful for your effort, but I want you to remember there's going to come a time where you're going to, you're going to meet a wall <laughs> And at this speed, it's going to be a very ugly crash and you're, you're not going to make it through it. So we have to understand that we are responsible for that. You know, one more thing I, I want to add is this is, you know, is, is our, our, our bosses, our leaders, the people who lead us, um, a lot of great leaders will, will, will see that issue in you and try to help you, help you kind of dial back and, and get you in a good position. But don't expect every leader to uh, not take advantage of the situation that you're willing to work 22 hours a day, seven days a week. You have to understand that is your responsibility to manage it. Don't let people take advantage of that. But, you know, but a good leader, on the other hand, should should help you. But don't count on it. Yeah, you're completely right, Travis. It truly it is up to you to create that that proper balance when it comes to, you know, that, that work and your personal um, and in whatever else you might do outside of work and um, you know, with your family, uh, other extracurricular activities you may be in, it's up to you to make sure that you have that proper balance and you're in tune with how you're doing on a a personal level. Mm -hmm. Um, So going to our next takeaway from this book, uh, we're talking about leading on empty. Um, leave time for what only you can do. Uh, You know, oftentimes we fill our day uh, with things that feel urgent, but they could be sometimes, maybe majority of the time, unimportant. These are little things that could be delegated, automated, provided to someone else, uh, or be done on a less regular basis to save time and your own mental energy. And when we don't do this, the result is we have little energy for only the things that we can do and so with this we must learn to uh, what we call what uh, Wayne calls steward your energy Uh, a leader's greatest asset is is truly that that energy it's not really the time but it's energy yeah, absolutely. I, I, I love this because, you know, this is something that I, I work on with with leaders a lot. Um, one of the things that I want when I'm usually like consulting or working with a younger, uh, not even just a younger manager, but a manager or a leader in general is is one of the hardest areas to work with them in the beginning is is managing their time, learning to manage their time. So so what I try to do first is I kind of take them to a process that kind of I, I learned a couple of years back from a uh, kind of a management system that I've, I've uh, studied quite a bit is is asking them, number one, I want you to write down everything you do during a day. And of course, you know, they're filling up, you know, a whole notebook page and, you know, they're they're kind of you can kind of see the smile on their face of how proud they are of how everything they're doing that day. And then then I said, OK, now this is what I want you to do now. I want you to go through this list and I want you to mark off everything on this list that can actually be done by someone else on your team. That there is someone on your team that is qualified who can who's qualified, who can legally do it and has the competency to do it. 
They start marking off stuff. What we find is once you press in on it, it may take a few minutes of pressing on them a little bit. As at the end of this, there's only about four to five, maybe six things that a manager, that only that manager can do. Literally everything else can be delegated. And I said, these are the things that you're hired to do. These are the six key. These are the factors. These are the things that you um, that you have that you have to focus on. We've got to get better at delegating the things out that are not important. The next step I do is, is I take it, take them to that level of, of, of un- they needing to understand that, you know, we can't be at 100 percent all day. You know, this is a this is the principle that uh, was introduced to me by John Maxwell that, you know, we have to be very intentional about our energy management. You know, we can't go throughout our whole day at 100 percent. So as we look at our schedules, as we look at the things we're going to be required to do that day, we need to be able to look at that schedule and say, okay, these three, these two, these four areas, these four blocks of time today, I have to be at my optimal. I have to be at 100%. All other times, I can be dialed back. Because if we try to attack our day, thinking we're going to be able to go at a 100, 100% all day, we're going to we're we're absolutely going to burn out, and we're probably going to end up walking into a meeting, or walking into a situation where we need to be like at one hundred percent, and we're not gonna we're not gonna have enough gas in the tank to get there. So it's about learning to manage it the correct way. Yeah, and uh, I think I remember watching a uh, leadership podcast from Craig Rochelle. He talks about energy management, how you manage your energy, and making sure that you're you're managing your not your time, but your energy in a proper fashion. You're putting your energy towards where things really matter. Um, there's a book that I read last year. It's, uh, you know, working towards what really matters um, so that we use our energy uh, wisely. So here are some some things to reflect on as we go through this uh, discussion. You know, what are the things only you can do? And how can you structure your day to invest your energy on these things? So think about that while we continue this um, this discussion. Um, and we have our, our next takeaway talking about filling your tank. And when we talk about filling your tank, it's it's mean what are you putting into yourself as as a, on a personal level? You want to schedule activities that recharge you. Um, each of us, we have emotions and we have that emotional tank. What are you doing to fill that tank? Is it, you know, everyone likes watching TV, but, uh, you know, what are you doing? Is it reading a book, journaling, um, taking some, that time to reflect, uh, watching leadership videos, watching a sermon? Um, you know, certain activities will drain you more than fill you and others will fill you more than drain you. Yeah, absolutely. I, I think one of the things that I enjoy that fills my tank more than anything, especially when it comes to kind of the the, the idea of work and, and, and leadership is to, when I start to feel depleted and I really feel like, you know, I'm, I'm kind of at a point where I'm getting ready to just, you know, completely just fall apart. I like to get around like-minded people. 
whether that's getting on a phone call with uh, with someone, or maybe that's connecting with like connecting with you, Cameron, or or someone else who has a very like-minded um, ideology. And I can I find after about 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes of conversation that I can I can pick myself back up and, and keep going again. And that's what fills my tank, you know, uh, is being able to have those conversations and, and kind of get around people who are not going to necessarily allow me to um, have a lot of excuses, but are going to going to kind of push me and, and encourage me to move in the right direction. I think that's just I think that's, that's a key piece to um the, the being able to keep going. Yeah, this is something that's so difficult to do, though, filling your tank, um, because we could get caught up in just the normal busyness of our workday. You know, one thing I try to do is is, is keep, keep connected with people, uh, you know, that relationships that we built, a simple phone call. Uh, I have a 45-minute drive to, to and from work, so usually on the way back, I try to look at my contact list and who do I who do I need to reconnect with? And I make that phone call, you know, catch up with them and get re-energized. Talk talk about kind of my challenges and listen to their challenges and you know, brainstorm ideas and uh, you know that that's recharges me and helps me fill my tank. But uh, one thing to note, Travis, is uh, based on what Pastor Wayne said in his book is you can't get rid of everything that drains your tank. Because some things just need to be done. But by ensuring that you stay filled, you will find that greatest fulfillment. Yeah, I think that's a that's an I like that because I think that's an important thing to think about is is it it's it's very important that you are aware of the things that drain you. Um whether that's an activity or or maybe that's a, a person. Um and of course so like you said, there's we can't run away from people. But we can certainly manage our time and our in our in our uh, our ability, our time we allow people to access us as far as people who drain us. Um, so, so I think that's that's super important too is understanding. Okay, I, I have to deal with this, and this is going to drain me. But understanding that, okay, I'm only going to subject myself to so much of this before I'm going to pull back off of it. You know, I think that's important as well. Yeah, and sometimes uh, before we go on to the next takeaway, sometimes filling your tank could mean you know you're going through the week, and just like uh, just like I did this weekend, uh, my weekend is Sunday Monday. You know, I did not go anywhere Sunday Monday. Uh, I focused on you know reconnecting with God, and we're going to talk about that later. Um, focusing on devotion, focusing on uh, there's a project I'm working on which I'm very passionate about, and it really recharges you. It helps you refill your tank, regain that passion. Um, and regain use, using your energy where it really matters. Um, so on to our next takeaway, we're going to talk about schedule, scheduling your rest. Uh, and how do we do that? Because our calendar is probably filled up. I know my calendar is so important to me. Everything revolves around that calendar. And we, we, should, we, we must learn to schedule our rest before our calendar fills up. Um, there is a pastor, Kerry New Newhoff. He provides a, uh, a calendar which talks about how to be a high impact leader. And you are literally scheduling throughout the days, each day for the seven days, you're scheduling when you're going to rest, when you're going to do devotion, when you're going to eat, when you're going to do, if you have schoolwork, 
when you're going to, how often you're going to spend on working and, you know, creative time, writing time, whatever that means. Um, you know, rest should not be an afterthought. And oftentimes uh, when you get into roles where you have that impact influence, such as leadership, rest becomes an afterthought. Mm-hmm. Uh, it has to be truly, that's our primary responsibility is to making sure that we, we get that rest. Uh, I mean, now I'm very vigilant of that after reading about this and really understanding it. Uh, there are times when I delay potentially going to work an hour later just to make sure that I get that rest. And rest does not mean sleep. Rest, everyone defines rest differently. Like rest for me is just when you have that time of doing nothing. It could be simply watching TV. Uh, rest for me could be reading a book. Rest could be journaling. Rest is different for everyone. Um, and it brings a rhythm back to life and a cadence that makes our lives truly sustainable. Yeah, man, this is this is an area of my life where uh, I'm still working on it because um, I, I'll be honest with you, I fell into that trap for a while of being, um, and, and I think a lot of good leaders have, have done this. I fell into a trap of believing that they, if I was going to be a good leader, if I was going to be um, a super effective, you know, uh, in my business, if I was going to be super effective at work, um, I was going to have to find a way to be able to sleep four hours and then work 20 hours a day. Um, cause, cause there's this perception that was out in our society, especially amongst people who are successful of believing that, um, there, that you should get a merit badge or you should get some sort of, um, um, support, you know, you should, you should be applauded for the fact that you only sleep three hours a night and, and that, you know, you work the rest, but, um, the same guy, which you just mentioned there, Kerry Newhoff, you know, he, he's, he wrote an article not too a while back that I've read it a few times. And it was really the, actually the article that woke me up to this was he had actually experienced burnout and he had actually experienced like, you know, a major, um, to the point where he, he left his, I think he left his church. He left everything. And, uh, he came to a realization that he was just complete, like he was just forsaking so many different areas of his life. Uh, that he was unable to uh, to maintain himself. So he began to sleep until he wasn't tired anymore. He, he got tired, he would sleep more. And uh, I'm not saying to go home and just sleep all the time, but um, maintaining that healthy uh, sleeping habit um, and taking rest and taking time away from things is actually going to help us become better leaders when we actually jump back into the mix. I can I can count dozens, if not hundreds of times where I've been stuck, maybe I'm, you know, writing, um, writing some content for, um, you know, a, 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 a bit, you know, a group I'm going to meet with, or I'm trying to help develop a plan for someone, or maybe it's at work, I'm trying to solve a problem in our operation, and I'm stuck, like, I, I'm just kind of like spinning in circles, you know, and then I take an hour and just go like sit, and, you know, sit and relax, or I take a walk, or um, you know, go outside and mess around in the yard, or, or do something different. And then suddenly I come back and my and the creative juices are starting to run again to help me get there. Um, I think that's so important. Uh, that's just, I think that's crucial. Yeah, I'm actually on the well-being committee, uh, steering committee within the company uh, that I work for. And uh, one of our executives brought up this same idea of rest, but specifically sleep. Uh, so I actually just looked it up on my Amazon order. It's uh 
recommend reading this book if you're more interested in uh, reading more about uh, sleep. is It's called Why We Sleep, Unlocking the Power of Sleep and Dreams. And it's by Matthew Walker. And he talks about the science of, of sleep. And I'm about to dive into that as well. Um, but yeah, it's really important, really critical to take that time and 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 schedule that time to to rest. And like I said before, uh, you know, rest. We de- we define what rest means for us. Yeah, if I can add one more thing, I think that's important. Um, that a suggestion that was given to me uh, a while back. I can't remember who told me this, but they said, you know, um, dependent on how much control you have over your schedule, understanding that some people. Um, you know, they they don't have ultimate control over a lot of things that get put on their schedule. But to, when you go to build out your month or you, maybe you build out a week at a time on your schedule to put in the uh, put in that rest time first or put in those blocks of time first. Uh, for example, for me, like, uh, you know, make downtime vacations like I mean, I'm going I'm taking a vacation this coming weekend. Um you know, uh, family time, these kinds of things, anything that I need to be committed to outside of uh, the work world, um, those things go onto my calendar first. And then everything else that can be built is built around that. Um, so it, it can get very, very difficult, very quick if, if we put everything on our calendar and then then try to plug in everything else. It's just going to get it's going to get messy. So uh, that's another thing that I think is important is start with uh, the rest, the family commitments, the things that are going to replenish you and all those things first, and then then work backwards into then filling it with, you know, clients or business, whatever meetings and everything else you got going on after that. Yeah. And um, so our, our last takeaway from this book, which is truly the most important um, I know it's definitely important for um, Travis and I is, is scheduling time with God. And oftentimes in our busy world, this could be challenging, but you want to find time to regularly be with God and renew your soul. And you truly cannot give what you do not have. And to be most effective, we must be able to minister from having a full cup. Mm. Yeah, I, th- I think this is this is important. I, I, I've noticed when I don't take time to uh, spend time in scriptures in the period of a day, I tend to do a lot of my reading at night. I'm kind of the opposite of most people. Uh, my morning time routine um, really just revolves around prayer. And then usually I'm up and up and at them. And then at night, I usually spend more of my time in reading scripture before I go to bed. But um, I, I, can, I find when I maybe miss a day or two that I uh, in that time with God that I uh, I begin to kind of get in, into uh, back into some old habits or some bad negative mindsets start to creep back in. So um, I, I think our that time with God cannot be something that uh, once again, it goes back to the, the our schedule of saying this is the first thing that goes on the schedule. This isn't something we fit into the schedule. This is this is the the one of the first, this is the first thing that goes on the schedule and everything else works around it. Um, I think that's super important to understand that, that it can't be something we plug in after we've already, you know, exhausted our whole week. And by the time we arrive at uh, our time with God, we're, we're exhausted and beat to a pulp and we're, ha- and we, and we don't have the energy to actually, um, 
do what we what we what we um, what we should be doing. Yeah, that's so true, Travis. I mean, that's something that I still struggle with even today. And I, as I was reviewing this book again, yeah, I I realized that I don't really do a good job with this, and um, it's truly starting off on the right foot. You know, having um, having your time with God revolve around your day. You know, not not being burnt out when you after dinner time and you you say, oh, I can do it tomorrow, or rather watch an episode of on Hulu or Netflix or whatever. <laughs> um, yeah, definitely, definitely something uh, more more to think about regarding uh, this topic. Uh, leading on empty, um, you know, when we talk about burnout, whenever when a person reaches burnout level, they rarely, if ever, are able to return to that same level of ministry they had uh, before burnout. But there is hope, and where you can start this is really set boundaries for yourself. You know. If you haven't reached burnout, you want to set these boundaries to help guard against burnout. Uh, it's all about keeping in touch with with what you're doing, where you are mentally, physically, spiritually, uh, being in touch with yourself as an individual and putting yourself first um, before so that you can truly have an impact uh, in whatever areas that you have influence in or that you may lead in. Any final thoughts, Travis? Yeah, I mean, I think the I think the overarching conversation today is is you know keep your schedule as a as a sacred part of your your day. Um, guard it. Uh, be intentional about knowing what you know what your purpose is. Be intentional about knowing the direction you're moving in, and uh, and just ensure that you are taking care of yourself. You're taking making yourself a priority um, because. You know, a lot of people, um, including myself, um, we we tend to try, sometimes believe that we 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 need to be more self-sacrificing. We need to sacrifice our time, our our energy, our you know our resources. But we have to remember if we if we truly want to help people get better, you know, we have to. It goes back to what you said earlier. You know, we cannot give what we do not have. And if we don't have the energy or the stamina to keep pushing through and getting and getting to the results we need, we're useless to our teams. So um, learning to manage that is, is, is key to uh, long term success. And it's definitely something I think that um, it will be a constant learning process. I think you'll reach one level and then it will you'll it'll be taken up to a, another level um, in your awareness. But I, mean, I think this is a great start. Yeah, definitely. Uh, check out the book, uh, Leading on Empty. You know, I, I read it during a time where, where I was struggling as a leader and, and almost reaching to that burnout point where I was getting tired. So uh, definitely check it out. It's a good read. Uh, and uh, I guess that's it. So I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Leadership Download. I hope this is helping you in your path towards leadership or wherever you may have influence in. And we'll catch you on the next one. Peace. Thank you.